Well, it's a week till Christmas. Can you believe that? You guys feeling the love out there? Feeling that? Pretty impressive, huh? No, it's been amazing. Um, uh, because I've gone to Toy, Toys R Us like five times this last week, um, waiting for this one thing to get back in stock. It's not going to. Totally fine, okay? Um, but the thing I've been noticing as I've been out this week is it's not that joyful sometimes, right? I mean, I, I've seen, and, and this is what saddened me, I've seen in, you know, as people are driving or as people are in the stores and and, and it, it seems like these are times that should be so joyful, right? And we should be filled with love, right? And it's and it's not, right? It's it feels like you know it seems like there's marriages that are just like and and there's tension between these couples in these stores, and maybe it's because that toy isn't there. I don't know, whatever it is, but I just seems like man, there's just a tension, and and that that's why we're going through this series. There's a couple of verses I, I want you to um, notice, okay? We're going we're to get into a passage in a minute, but there's, there's a couple of verses that we didn't talk about um, both of these when we went through the um, uh, sermon a few weeks ago on the commands to love. And, and if, this, if you're new with us this morning, we're going through a series right now that's called Learning to Love. Um, and and uh, we're in the midst of that. We have this week and, and probably one more week um, only of this series, but... Um, one of the verses that we didn't uh, look at, maybe neither of these we did, but John thirteen thirty five is, I think we may have touched on this, but a couple reasons why we're going through this um, series, okay? John thirteen thirty five says this, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Guys, here's one of two reasons why we're going through this series, okay? Um, one of several reasons, but this is one of two that I'm going to mention right now, okay? Um, it is so crucial that we obey the command to love, to love God and to love other people because that is what separates us. You know, there's all through the, the scriptures, this, this, there's this call to be holy, to be set apart, to be different, to be, to be like Christ. And, and Jesus, in his own words, he says to us, this is how people are going to know. This is what's going to, this is going to signal to them that you are a follower of me. Is that you love each other. Is that you have a genuine love for each other. That you really care about the people around you in this room and outside of this room. That you love, that you genuinely love. That's what's going to set you apart. That's what's going to make you different from the rest of the world. And, and maybe it's because I've been studying through the series and looking, but that's been standing out to me so much recently. I, I mean, just looking at, at people and, and, and yeah, there's a lot of nice people. But the church ought to be set apart by genuine love. That's not easily gotten rid of, right? It's not easily distinguished or, or hmm, extinguished. There you go, right? A fire is extinguished. Thank you so much. There's your English lesson this morning, okay? Um, that's not easily extinguished. That it, we're not just looking for things to divide that love or separate that. That we genuinely love each other. That's what's going to set us apart. And Jesus says that, that the world will know, people will know you're my disciples. You're a follower of me because of your love for each other. Another passage that is huge, and this is another reason um, why we're going through this series. Turn to 1 John, towards the back of the Bible. And, and the last book is Revelation. Then you've got one page of Jude, one page of Third John, one page of Second, and then 1 John. 1 John is First uh, John chapter 3, verse 14. And this is a huge verse, and it should cause us, okay? It should cause us, even as followers of Christ, to stop and to tremble and to say, is this me, okay? Because number one, we talked about this is how people will know that we're saved. This is how people will know that we're truly following Christ. This is what John tells us in 1 John 3. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love 
the brothers. The second reason is this how we know we're followers of Christ. It's how we know that we're set apart. It's how we know that God has done this work inside of us. That's what John says. We know, we can be sure, we can be certain that we have passed from death to life because we love the brothers. Because we love each other. Because our love is genuine with each other. Because we care. Because we have something in common. There's a, there's a quote I want to share with you. Um, a guy named Randy Frazee. He said this, he says, do we gather, he's talking about the church, do we gather as a group of individuals who are concerned about our individual wants and needs or as a community united around similar, the same characteristics? When you came to church this morning, how did you come? Why did you come? Did you come as an individual, just just me, I'm, I'm me and I have my this and my that and and this and this and this that I need to have met this morning at my church and 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 it's me 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 is it is it that kind of a mindset where we come and we're just individuals who this is what I want this morning and if I don't get this then I'm going to walk away disappointed and and all evaluate things or did we come to be a part of a body a part of a community, a part of a people who have one massive thing in common. The blood of Jesus Christ washed our sins away. And because of that, we have this enormous, enormous compatibility with each other. We may have come from different backgrounds. We may come from different places. We may come from different situations this morning. It may be completely different where we live, but we're clean before jesus we're clean before god because of jesus and because of what he did and so we don't come together as individuals we come together to be a part of a community who with one heart and one voice responds in love to god hebrews ten twenty four says and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near i you know i've said this before um and and i've talked to people who who you know will say well i can have a relationship with jesus and and not be a part of a church okay um i disagree uh i don't i don't I don't agree with you. I mean, you can be saved. Yes, absolutely. Um, but you're using the word having a relationship with Jesus. And, 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 and having that is really being a part of his body. Okay. And being a part of his body is being a part of the church. And so I've said that to people where you need to be in the body. You need to be in church because they will surround you and, and, and help you. And, and you need to be a part of that because it's good for you. But it's not just that, okay? You need to be a part of the body because it's good for them. You need to be a part of the church because it's good for others. Because if we come with the right mindset, if we come with this non-individualistic mindset, if we come as a part of a community who's, who's wanting to love each other and be a part with each other and worship God together, and then we're going to obey this, this passage which says, let us consider how to stir up one another that our heart would be as we come with this community mindset with this loving heart that i'm coming and i'm looking to stir up the people around me to love and to good works and that's important to me not just to be stirred up but to stir and to be a part of that to be an encouragement to that Uh, and so we're going through this series and and we're talking about that right we're talking about learning to love because it's not easy right and in fact, everything that I've talked about so far is impossible. Uh, it, it can't happen. You can't do it, which is super encouraging, right? Um, shouldn't we just quit this series then, right? Um, you cannot do it yourself. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It, it's something that comes from being connected to Christ. Now, now don't get me wrong. I, like I said before, there's a lot of nice people there's a lot of good people who who are loving right 
But eventually, if you're just coming and faking this love, faking this care for each other, there's going to be a point where it ends. There's going to be a point where something ticks you off or something sets you off or whatever, and and it's done. Or someone offends you or whatever it is, and, and it's done. What we're talking about is a supernatural love that comes from God that just goes past all of those things. And so we can't have that love without Christ. And so that's what we're going to look at this morning. John 15 is a, is, is a crucial passage, I think, for followers of Christ. Go ahead and turn there to John chapter 15. Uh, it is huge for us to, to, to look at this and to understand it and to obey it. And so that's where we're going to be this morning. Um, because I think this is, uh, yes, it's impossible for us as individuals to be loving like God calls us to be, um, but it's not impossible for God to make us and help us to be loving that way. And so that's what we're going to look at. How do we do that? John 15, um, starting with verse 1, we're going to go through, uh, well, we're going to try to get through verse 17, okay? So let me read that. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch of mine that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing if anyone does not abide in me he is thrown away like a branch and withers and the branches are gathered thrown into the fire and burned if you abide in me and my words abide in you ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you by this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples as the father has loved me so have i loved you abide in my love If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lays down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for your word Uh, jesus thank you for what you spoke here and uh, we need you we confess that Uh, we're desperate for you we need you to change us we need you to heal us we need you to uh, restore in us a, a love for you and a love for others genuine love lord i pray that you do that today through your word god not through my words through your word Would you speak to our hearts and and transform us? Would you make us long for for the truth of this passage? That we would abide in you, Jesus. We pray that you would meet with us here today in this place and that your word would not go out in vain. But that it would work and convict and change and renew forgive and we love you and we pray these things in your son's name amen well let's look uh at the beginning of the passage here it says at the very beginning jesus is talking and he says i am the true vine i am the true vine there's there's um there's several things we can connect ourselves to 
even as followers of Christ, there are several things that we could connect ourselves to. And you picture this vine. My, my grandfather had grapevines that when we would visit my grandfather, we would love to go. And, and, and if it was that time of year, we'd all, all the grandkids would run out and go to the uh, grapevine. I'm sure he was thrilled that we're like picking all these off and eating them all um, instead of him picking them and selling them all. Um, but it was just a wonderful, wonderful thing. And, and I get that picture as I think of the vine. These vines just went all down the fence in his backyard. And, and, and these you know, purple grapes and, and so good, delicious, right? Uh, why? Because the vine was healthy and the vine was good. And, and as, as those grapes were connected to that, then, then they produced this wonderful, sweet taste. And, and that's the picture we have here at the beginning, that Jesus is that vine. He's that true vine. He's that good vine that if we're connected to him, that's a good place to be. That's a good spot to be in because he's the true vine. He's the one that's, that's going to produce in us exactly what needs to be produced in us. There's a lot of things that we can connect to. There's a lot of places and things that we could plug into. There's a lot of teaching that we could connect to. But Jesus is the true vine, the true vine. And if we connect ourselves to, to many other things in the name of Christianity, if we connect ourselves to, to all sorts of things in the name of Christianity, in the name of Jesus, but we're not connected to the true vine, it's waste. It's waste. And Jesus says, I am the true vine. John fourteen six. remember he says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. If we're connecting ourselves to anything that is not keeping us connected to Christ, the true vine, it's no good. We're going to get rid of it. We're going to get it out of our life. He says, I'm the true vine. And he, he goes on and says, my father is the vine dresser. What's the vine dresser? It's the one that tends to the garden, right? He's the gardener. He's the one that takes care of it and tends it and, 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 and does what's needed um, to the vineyard, right? And so the father, you have this picture of the father being the gardener, the one that that does the work and takes care of and nurtures and 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 does the things that happen through the rest of this passage. Right. So you got the father who's the vine dresser, the gardener. He says again in in, uh, verse two, he goes on, he says, every branch of mine that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And this is an important, important line here. Okay, every branch of mine that does not bear fruit he takes away. We look at that at first and, and we could say, well, wait a minute. Does that mean that Christians can lose their salvation? Because it says every branch of mine, and if it doesn't bear fruit, he takes it away. And we find out later on that taking it away is not a good thing. Uh, it's not a good thing at all. So does that mean that Christians can lose their salvation? It's not talking about that. When it talks about Jesus being the vine, it's that picture from like uh, Colossians 1. Verse 16, it says, in, in him all things hold together. All things were created in him and for him. And in him all things hold together. It's that picture of he's, he's the vine and, and he's in control of everything and all things come through and for him. Okay, It's not a picture of talking about followers of Jesus Christ who are true followers of Jesus Christ. And then that they somehow lose their salvation. What it's talking about is people maybe who have called themselves Christians, maybe who have, who have gone to church, maybe whatever. Maybe they think they're Christians, but they truly have not been connected to the true vine, Jesus. And so he says, every branch of mine that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch, listen to this, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now, what is pruning? What is pruning? It's cutting away the bad, right? You have a tree or a, or a plant or something that you're pruning. What do you use? Scissors or clippers or whatever, right? And you cut away the bad. Why? So that next year it's fuller, right? And there's more fruit and it looks better and it, and it is better and the fruit is better. And, and, and that's the picture we have of God. That if we are bearing fruit, He's going to prune so that we'll bear more fruit. And that hurts sometimes. Scissors hurt, right? Clipping things off hurts. 
But it's a wonderful process for us because what he's doing is he's taking away the bad, the things that probably if we're bearing fruit are repulsing us in our own life anyway. The things that more and more we're just frustrated that are even there. And what he says is, and this is beautiful, that God sees those too. And as we bear fruit, he cuts those off. And he begins to take that off. Why? So that we bear more fruit and more fruit and more fruit and more fruit. We'll find out why here in just a few minutes. But he says that um, he, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it may bear more fruit. Verse 3, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. This is huge. We're going to talk about the word uh, in just a few minutes too. But um, we're clean because of his word that is in us. Now, we've talked about Romans 10 so many times where faith comes from hearing and hearing from the what? Go ahead and say it. Word of God. Faith comes from hearing and hearing comes from the word of God. That's part of, and that's why Jesus has it in this passage. That's part of being connected to the true vine. That's part of abiding in Christ is being washed and cleaned by his word. James 1 verse 21 says, Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls the word of god the word of christ is hugely important in me learning to love because that without the word i don't know how to love and without the word i'm not being clean and without the word i'm not changing without the word i'm not growing in faith And one of the major roles, we talk about love being a fruit of the Holy Spirit. One of the major roles of the Holy Spirit is to remind us about the word, to help us to understand the word. And so we're neglecting a major, major part of the Holy Spirit if we're not even in the word. And so how can we be filled with his fruit? And so Jesus says, you're already clean because of that word that's in you. Verse four, here's where we get our command. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. There are things, um, as a father, uh, that I tell my kids, and they ignore me. It may come as a surprise. Um, they, just don't, they don't believe me. I'll tell them they should do something. They do something else. Sometimes I know they do something else. Sometimes I don't know that they did something else. They just don't believe me. Sooner or later, they find out that they're foolish. They made a wrong decision that what dad directed them to do was the right thing to do. It was dad knew dad could see ahead. Dad could tell dad had been through this before. Dad's done this before. And sooner or later, they find out. That's foolish. They don't think of it that way. Probably they don't see it that way. I'd let them know. That was foolish. Um, But here's the thing. We're the same way with the commands of God. And guys, this is one of them. Where we're commanded to abide. And it should be blatantly obvious to us that this is what we want. To abide in Christ, to remain is what that means, to remain in him, to be connected. I love that he uses this picture of the vine and the fruit and the vine dresser. And it really gives us a picture of what we and Christ and the father should look like working together. Because imagine being a fruit, a grape. Okay, imagine being a grape and thinking, oh, man. That dirt looks pretty good down there i if i could just get disconnected from this vine man i could roll around in the dirt man i have a big old time down there you know it'd be awesome like i could just roll around and and what what happens though what does the grape find out if it does loose itself from the vine no good no more nutrients Sooner or later, it's going to get squashed, right? Someone's going to come along. There's your dirt. It's done, right? It's no good. And it should be so obvious to us in the same way that 
we ought to we ought to want we ought to long we ought to, in our hearts we ought to crave remaining in Christ and, and certainly there is sin at work against us right that's what Paul tells us we still have sin in us we still are in this fleshly body that wages a war against spiritual things and that's why we have to come back to the word. We have to come back to the word. We have to come back to the word because it's through that that the Holy Spirit reminds us. Stay connected. Be, abide in Christ. Abide in Christ. Abide in Christ. He says, abide in me. And one thing about abiding in Christ, by the way, is it's, it's not compartmentalizing our life. Okay. It doesn't mean for me to remain in Christ, for me to abide in Christ doesn't mean that I'm giving Jesus this part of my life. Uh, but this part and this part and this part and this part are still mine. Um, when I go to work, that's different. OK, that's not church, not the church. I'm not attending church. And so that's different. I don't have to uh, abide in Christ there. Or or if I if I go and hang out with the guys or if I go and hang out with the ladies, I it's different. I don't have to abide in Christ there. It's different. It's not the church. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about you being a grape, very squishable grape, and needing to be connected, remaining connected to the vine that will keep you and nurture you and, and help you and, and allow you to produce the fruit that you can't produce on your own. He says, remain in me. Stay there. Remain in me. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. We're so deceived in that. So many times, right? So many times we just think I can do it. I can. I, I, I don't have time to read the Bible this week. I don't have time to spend time with the Lord. I can do it. I can make it. I've read enough in the past. I can do it. We can't do it. You can't do it without Christ. We can't do it. You can't produce fruit yourself. That grape, once it's plucked, it's not going to grow anymore. It's done. Verse five, I'm the vine and you are the branches. We've got to remember that. Okay. We get that mixed up sometimes. Jesus is the vine. We're the branches. We're the ones that need to stay connected to him. It's not if we uh, start drifting away from the vine. It's not that Jesus is like, Freaking out and like, I need to be connected to that grape because I'm not going to be able to live without that grape. It should be the opposite, right? We're the ones that should be freaking out if we get disconnected to the vine and say, I can't live without you, Jesus. I can't live without you. I've got to come back. I've got to stay. I've got to remain connected. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is. He it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, verse 6, he is thrown away like a branch and withers and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. Not good. Um, here's the thing. We can come to church. I think this is what this passage is saying. Okay. You can come to church and you read your Bible. You can do all the things. Okay. But if our hearts, if we are not genuinely connected to Christ, genuinely then we are this branch you know we have several trees too many trees in our yard okay um i think it's like thirty thousand. um we notice every fall uh anyway um we have these big trees and and they just leaves 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 but every year also we get a lot of wind and branches fall and what we do is we gather up those branches because those branches were dead that's why they fell they weren't really connected to the tree anymore uh, they weren't getting life from the tree anymore they just looked like they were up there a part of the tree and the wind comes and it blows them out and what we have to do every year we gather up all these branches we put them over to the side remember hurricane ike september right it's massive hurricane i was in el salvador when when this thing's coming and and our flight got canceled, and we're like, what in the world is going on? And, and here's this massive hurricane in the middle of the Gulf. And, and so we have to go and, and fly these different ways. And I'm like, okay, I get home. I'm fine. I'm fine. Ohio. Like, who would think that Ohio would get more of Hurricane Ike than Dallas, Texas did? 
Who knows? Like, who, who would expect that? But it did, right? And what do we find out at the end of Hurricane Ike coming through Columbus, Ohio? There were a lot of massive trees that didn't have integrity, right? They looked the part. They looked like really good trees. There's a tree on our street, massive tree, looked really strong, really good, really connected to the ground, dead. Guys, I think that's what Jesus is talking about here, is that there are some of us who look really strong and we're standing tall and we, we look like, man, I could I can tell you verses and I can teach you verses and I can pray with you and I can this and this and this and this and this. And then sometime in our life, there's going to be a hurricane that comes along and it's going to snap us because we're not truly connected to the vine. Guys, we have to abide, we have to abide, we have to abide, we have to abide, and we can't get to this point. And here's where the danger comes in, guys, okay? Here's where the danger comes in, is we get to this point in our spiritual walk where we think we've done it. We made it. We did it. I read the Bible through. I learned this many verses. I attend church regularly now. I like going. I actually like going to church. I did it. I made it to this point in my life. I've done it, Lord. I'm a Christian. Ah, and then we just stop. We think we've done enough. We think we've gone far enough. We think we've learned enough. We think we've read enough. We think we've been with Christ enough. We think we've attended enough. We think we've served enough. We think we've done all these things. We haven't. We couldn't. We could never. We have to stay. We have to remain connected to Christ, the vine, it's going to give us the nutrients and, and the help and the, everything that we need from his word to bear fruit. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Here we go. Ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. Yes. Right. How many people are like, wait a second. Wait a minute. I asked for 5,765 things this week. I got one. What's going on with this verse here? How many are feeling that way? I've asked and I've asked and I've asked and I've asked and I've asked. asked Why, 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 why? This says, number one, it says, if you abide in me, right? If you abide in me, genuinely remaining, abiding in me, and my words are abiding, remaining in you, ask whatever you wish. This is an important thing because I'm telling you there's, 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 there's a number of times. Read the gospel. There's a number of times Jesus says, hey, ask, what, ask whatever you wish. Ask anything in my name. It'll be done for you. I'm like, wait a second. What? Lord, I'm saying Jesus' name at the end of my prayer. I said it in your name. What's going on here? Why is it that some of you and I are like, I'm asking for things. I'm not getting them. Well, it's important, and so we're going to take a little curve for a second, okay, and, and quickly go through this. Can't make this a whole sermon, but a couple things we need to know about our prayer and things that we're asking, okay? Um, why am I not being answered? Number one, it might be um, because we're not praying according to God's will. Write these down, okay, the verses, because uh, I'm not going to give you time to, to flip there, okay? Uh, but First John... Um, Chapter 5, verse 14 says, And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And so really, we may not be asking according to his will. Uh, Maybe we've cherished sin in our hearts that we won't let go of. Maybe we have sin that we're clinging on to. Psalm 66, verse 18 If I had cherished iniquity, which is sin, in my heart, the Lord would not have listened to me. Maybe he's not answering because you have sin and, and, and in your heart you're like, Lord, I really want this, but I'm not going to let go of this. Maybe you have sin that you're cherishing and, and continuing to cherish in your heart. Maybe we have man-centered rather than God-centered motives. James chapter 4, verse 3 says this. 
You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. It's for your own motives. It's for your motives, not for the kingdoms or for God's motives. Maybe we just don't believe that God will do it. I've been there. Man, I'm trying to convince myself in my prayer. Like, I'm trying to convince myself, Lord, will you do this? And I know in my heart, I don't believe he'll do it. In my heart, I don't believe he'll do what I'm praying. That's sin. It's not faith, that's sin. Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you've received it and it will be yours. And maybe you're not getting, maybe, you're not, maybe God's not saying yes because you don't believe. You're coming before him as, as a routine, as a safeguard, as a, man, I hope it's kind of like a lottery ticket. I'm scratching. I'm scratching it off. And man, if, if it's the jackpot, great, Lord. I don't think it is, but I'm going to ask anyway. Maybe we just don't believe. Luke 18. Verse 1. He told them a parable, talking about Jesus, to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. They ought to always pray and not lose heart. Maybe God wants you to persevere. Maybe he's not saying yes right away because he wants you to persevere and obey this verse. To not lose heart, to trust, to believe, to keep, 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 keep praying and not lose heart. And finally, it might be that God's answering some every time and you just don't see that. Maybe he's piecing this puzzle together and and as you pray, he puts another piece and another piece and another piece and another piece. And at the end, it's going to be this beautiful picture that you had no idea was coming. Now, here's the thing. All of these things, right? Praying according to God's will, having uh, not cherishing sin in my heart and having God-centered motives rather than man-centered motives, uh, believing that God will do it and, and persevering when I feel like he's not. That's all part of abiding, right? If I'm abiding in Christ, then I'll do those things. And so it fits this verse. But I want to break it down like that so that we can see there's, there's reasons, biblical reasons that the Bible tells us why we may not have our prayers answered. And for some with, with cherishing sin, why, why he says that he won't even hear us for cherishing that sin in our heart. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Abide in Christ and glorify God. We talk about that a lot, right? Living for God's glory, living so that we glorify God and not ourselves, living so that we point to God and not to ourselves. Well, Jesus says, here's a massive way we can do that. Here's a, here's a great way you can glorify God. Abide in me. Abide in me and you'll glorify God because you'll bear much fruit. And that fruit won't point to you. That fruit won't say, man, Tony's a great guy. Man, he's really loving. Man, he's really patient. Man, he's really kind. He's really good. And all the other fruits of the Spirit. No. Point to God because people will know. People will know, man, that guy can't be that great. <laughs> like, I know. Like, I've seen him before and there's something working in him now. And, and it points, just like that passage in John 13 tells us. It, it points to God. It shows other people that we're his follower, that we're his disciple, that we remain in Christ so that that fruit can be evident in our lives and we can glorify God through that. It goes on, it says, and prove to be my disciples. Abide in me so that you'll bear fruit, so that you'll glorify God and so that you'll prove, so that you can show that, so that there's proof that you really are following Christ. Guys, we ought to be looking for this. I mean, Paul tells us, examine yourself to see if you're really in the faith. Examine yourself. And here Jesus says that, that we ought to abide and glorify God so that we bear fruit and prove that we're his disciples. 
It's important that we're bearing fruit. It's important that we look like followers of Christ. It's important that the things that God works in us are evident. I mean, so many people, and and, and maybe some of you are, are these people, so many people are looking backwards to prove whether or not they're a disciple of Christ. They're looking back. I don't see any fruit in my life. I'm looking down. I don't see any of this. God, you say the fruit of the Spirit is love. You say the fruit of the Spirit is joy. You say the fruit of the Spirit is peace. You say it's patience and kindness and and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. You say it's these. I don't see any of them. Oh, but thank goodness I can look back 20 years ago and I prayed that prayer and, and someone sat beside me and prayed with me and I can look at that, Lord, and... Oh, I'm okay. That's not what Jesus says. If you want proof that you're a follower of Christ, look at the fruit. If I have a lemon tree out front, or if I have a tree out front, and I don't know what kind of tree it is, guess what? I'll wait till spring. And then I'll know for sure. If oranges come out, it's not a lemon tree. I know that for sure. If lemons come, it's not an apple tree. I know that for sure. It's the same with us. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Our fruit is going to show what we really are. If we're truly a follower of Christ, we're going to bear fruit. Fruit that's evident to others. Fruit that, that, that proves to others, this guy is a follower. This, this lady is a follower of the Lord. Because they look a lot like Jesus. They look, they're very loving and very peaceful and patient and kind and, and all those things. Verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. Man, that is a wonderful verse to rest in. As the Father has loved me. How great is the love of God for Jesus? More than we can... There's no way I could preach a sermon that explains that. God's love for His Son is amazing. Okay? is great. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in that. Uh, Silas, my youngest son, uh, not quite two years old, is at this, like one of my favorite stages. Um, I'm his favorite thing in the world, I think. Um, There's just this transition that the boys have gone through, and it's just like, Dad, I want Dad, 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 Dad to hold you. I want to hold you. I want to hold you. I want to hold you. I'm telling you, I love it. I love it. He loves mommy so much. The boys always will, unfairly, okay? It's like always this weighted, everybody loves mom, mom, mom. But there's this like short little stage, right? There's this short little stage that's just like, dad. And so I walk through the door and it's like, dad, 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 dad. And Silas is like, dad, 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 I want to hold you. I want to hold you. I want to hold you. And I'm like, yeah, I want to hold you too. I want to hold you too. And, and, and all day long, it's just like, I want to hold you. And, and I love that. Okay. I love it. I am abiding in that right now. I'm just, I just eat it up. There's literally no point with Silas where I'm just like enough with the holding. Get away from me. I can't stand it because I know something because I have three older boys. This period, this time is going to end. Probably. I don't imagine him being seven and I coming in. I want to hold you. I want to hold you. Hey, easy. Okay. Um, It's I I know this is going to end and mom's going to be the absolute favorite thing in the whole wide world forever. Every second of the day. I know that. Okay. And so right now, I'm just like loving it. I just love it. And, and, and I just soak it in. God loves Jesus more than we can comprehend. And the same love that God has for Jesus, he has for us. And it will never end. Silas is, is going to change a bit. And, and he's not going to always come in and just want to hold me, hold me, hold me. God's will never change. Christ's love for us will never change. Savor that. Abide in that. Rest in that. That's what Jesus is telling us. Just remain in that love. Just sit in that love. Just hold Jesus in that love. And accept that love. Receive that love. And it's just a great feeling when you have a child and, and you know, 
with Sean and I will stand next to each other, and he's just back and forth, back and forth. I want to hold you. Okay, I want to hold you. I want to hold you. I want to hold you. And it's just like, oh, you just like, you just bask in that, that love. You just savor that love of children. And, and how much more when that love is perfect from Jesus. Than, and he tells us just to savor it, just abide in it, just rest in this love that I have for you. Verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. What are his commands? Talked about this a few weeks ago. Two things. Love God with your whole heart, your whole soul, your whole mind. And love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. 1 John 3, 23 and 24 John says uh, something similar to that. Same thing, different words. It says, and this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in them. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he's given us. There's two verses that are talking about everything we just talked about this morning. Abide in that love. And then finally, verse 11. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. I think that's one of the major fruits, second to love, that we get from abiding and remaining in Christ. Joy. Joy in our circumstances. Joy in our, in our family. Joy in our life. Joy in church. Joy in... Joy. As we abide in Christ, that we just let this verse come true. It's why he says it to us. These things I've spoken to you, this is why I spoke these things to you. This is why I want you to do this. So that my joy and Jesus' joy is great joy. When, when, when there could be a verse that says, For the joy set before him, Christ endured the cross, that's joy. To be able to endure the cross for you and for me, seeing the big picture, knowing that him doing that was going to bring salvation, forgiveness to those who would believe. Forgiveness. That's joy. And he says the same joy, my joy, may be in you so that your joy won't be half, won't be some, won't be partial. Your joy will be full Because your joy will come from God, not from circumstances, not from things, not from stuff, from God. And that's perfect, perfect joy. I'm going to skip ahead and and, and wrap this up. Verses 16 and 17, it says this. Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Guys, it's, um, this isn't just one of those like buffet things in the Christian life. Ah, do I want love for other people? Do I, want, like, do I want to love other people? Jesus talks about it pretty good. Do I want that? He commands it. He tells us that we have to. He tells us that this is what we ought to be pursuing. And, and some of you may be sitting there again, and you're just like, I just don't feel like a loving person. Let me just say, you're not. Okay? <laughs> you're not. And that's why this passage is so important. I'm not a loving person. If I'm not connected to Christ, I become cynical. I become sarcastic. I become crass. I become whatever it is that you're struggling with in that area. You will be more and more and more and more unless you're connected to Christ, because it's only Christ that can produce those truly in you. And if we can remain in him, if we can stay in him, if we can stay connected, then we can obey this command. If we don't, we can't. We cannot be loving like this and we won't be joyful like this either. He chose us and he appointed us so that we bear fruit and so that fruit would abide. 
and commands this so that we will love one another. Let me pray. Father, thank you for your amazing goodness, for your amazing love, for your amazing joy, for your amazing peace, for your amazing patience with us that you show consistently and constantly. Your kindness, your faithfulness, your gentleness, for your self-control, Lord. How you don't just rage against us as we continue to go back to the sins that you have rescued us from, that you've saved us from. It's because of your love and your patience and your self-control. And we need that, Lord. We need that desperately. We need it from you, not from ourselves or not systems or gimmicks or anything that we try to put up in our life. We want real joy. We really want to genuinely love, Lord. And so my prayer is that we would together, we wouldn't feel as individuals in this, but together we would abide in you, Lord, that we would remain in you, that we would be connected to the true vine and not connect ourselves to foolish things. Things that give us no hope, nothing. That we be connected to you, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the righteous and holy one. The one that gave his life so that we could have forgiveness and be clean before God. I praise you for that, Lord. Would you help us to abide and remain in you? And then produce this fruit in us, Lord. You said you want us to abide so that we will produce fruit so that we'll glorify the Father, so that we'll remain. I pray for that, Lord. I pray that love would be genuine in this body. That we would meet together and and spur each other on in love. Encourage each other on in love. And I know and I confess that I need you for that in my life. We all need you for that in our lives, God. So I pray for every person that's here. Lord, if there's true fruit here, would you prune? Would you cut away the the bad parts of us so that we will be more fruitful? So that the world will look and see that we are truly your disciples. And if there's some here that are not really connected to you, Lord, would you make that obvious to them? Would you help them to examine and, and, and look at fruit or fruitlessness in their life and then run to you? To not run away or, or be discouraged, or, but to run to you, Lord. Genuinely run to you for salvation, for forgiveness. Would you work your word in our hearts and in our lives right now, God, I pray. That you would speak it and, and do what only you can do, Lord. My words are powerless this morning. They can only teach and remind us and, and show us things, but your word has power to convict. Your word has power to change. Your word has power to wash and clean. And I, I pray that you would clean right now, Lord. I love you and thank you for this time, God. We praise you. Pray that you would stir in us as we sing these words that we'd sing them genuinely with a longing to be and stay connected to you father in jesus name amen